I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anubham Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and on today's episode, it is Advisor Perspectives number six, a penultimate episode. We've got one more that happens next month, and my guest today, Dilshad Bilmoria, who runs Dilshad Consultants, a semi-registered investment advisory firm based in Bangalore. We talk about how your risk profile is important to your financial planning, why retiring early could be an unwise decision, and much more. Right after this short break. And welcome back, Dilshad. Welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. You're here. It's a Saturday. You're here from all the way from Bangalore. Really, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much, Anupam. It's a pleasure being with you. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic, Dilshad. Tell us about your practice. When you started it, how it's grown, and of course your specialties. Right. So um, I completed my graduation. So there itself was a actual, uh, you know, a reflecting point because, uh, like any other student, uh, I was completely lost as to what I should be doing, and uh, I was planning to take. Hotel management, and that's when uh, my father stepped in and said, uh, "Why don't you do a career counselling course?" And then I took that, and uh, you know, he said, uh, "The people said you're good with numbers and talking to people." So he said, "Why don't you go into finance?" And I think after that, it was one of the best decisions because there's been no looking back. Uh, I can barely cook an omelette uh, well <laughs> today, so uh, it's uh, good that uh, you know these. Uh, I started my financial journey in '99. And um, I started uh, the company Dilza Consultants in 2001 July, and it's really been a great journey. Difficult, of course, but uh, like any other entrepreneur, it is uh, fully worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be completing 25 years soon, and you know, um, advance congratulations for that. I hope that I can you. have you back on our show. So, your website has a separate section on women and on women empowerment. So, can we spend some time on that straight away? Because it's not often that I get. an advisor who's also a woman and who does a lot of work in this area how is financial planning different for women well um, actually we do a lot of uh, empowerment for both our women employees and for women clients um, in fact there was a time when we had an all women team uh, and uh, that was even pre covid and uh, we even followed a you know flexible work from home kind of option where many female employees who took breaks actually came back and uh, frankly i have a lot of faith and trust in women um, so yes that's about the women employees but uh, on the client side we have a varied profile of women clients which range from um, you know married single divorced uh, widowed you know uh, single couples also as well so uh, it's a very varied list and each of their requirements needs objectives you know wants etc keep changing and is very very unique especially when it comes to women some of the traits that i see in um, women are they are definitely more risk averse and they want to understand the complete process and the you know rationale the objectives and the understanding before they take decisions especially when it comes to divorced uh, women especially because you know they've had unhappy past and they would like to make sure that their decisions are well thought of studied and therefore informed um when it comes to widowed we found a very very varied uh, kind of response for widowed uh, women you know we had this one lady who uh, after her husband died she was completely lost because her husband was taking all the investment decisions and uh, it was very um, i mean obviously we give them time we give them like a no decision period which is about 3 months and then when we connected back with her she was still completely lost and every time we broached the topic of you know can we now 
at least even move the investments from your husband's name to your name uh, you know just basic paperwork and logistics and operations related uh, she kept crying and it was very difficult to handle those situations so you, you know we said she would just put the phone down and say you do what's best so what we did is we then slowly started sending her paperwork and we uh, were writing notes on the paperwork saying that this is what we you know we are doing now and that's when she would like uh, you know fill that or sign it and send it back and i think that's how the process of the transmission also happened and it took almost a year i think in one of our conversations she said look i can't stay in this house also anymore now because you know he's no more i'm planning to shift back and it was far away from the city it was close to the airport in bangalore so she said let me move back to the city and we helped her find a place close to uh, the central area so she's much happier now i think it's the surrounding it's the uh, it's a smaller place and people she knows from within the community who she's able to interact with so she's much better off and yes today we are able to speak for at least 15 20 minutes without any interruption so i think that's been the most confusing kind of uh, you know woman clientele that we've had uh, we've had um, young women who are um, very clear about what they want what are their uh, parts to kind of um, goal fulfillment what they feel uh, sometimes they have actually done their own research and come back and would like to you know get our feedback on what their thinking is so yes that is one segment we have married women who uh, are working and married women who are homemakers again very different uh, outlook uh, women who are working typically take charge of the finances for both themselves and their uh, uh, spouses and uh, the homemaker is one category that we really want to empower we try and hold very small sessions maybe just 15 20 minutes on budgeting how to you know just ensure that you make a list of all your expenses and keep them safe and you know those sort of things so i think uh, these are the various uh, kind of categories and each one has its uniqueness and it's very interesting to uh, interact with such people yeah i just realized that a lot of financial planning for women also tends to depend upon the life stage that they are at you know, absolutely is very different from married yeah. is very different yeah. from and even for single women who are coming to stay in a city for example the costing i mean the expenses can just totally change for no other reason except that you want to be in a safe place and that's not the same expenditure that a man would have to incur because he can pretty much stay absolutely wherever he wants yeah. so i'm just trying to figure these unique situations what would be some good general guiding principles for women across the board when it comes to money you know um, what would you say for that uh, so like i said uh, most of these women are risk averse so it's uh, important to understand and respect that because you know men generally say hey give me the highest returns or you know give me something that i'm looking at for a very short period but women are more down to earth they're more practical and they want to understand what they are doing and take informed decisions so it's important to uh, you know go through the process with them and make them understand that see this is what we are doing this is we do a risk profiling we do a understanding of your goals objectives then we even you know had one uh, divorcee who did not understand between direct and regular so we had to break that down and give her the uh, understanding of how it would benefit her if she goes into an advisory or direct mode so she went back and did her own homework and then came back and said yes you're right let's proceed so i think you know these kind of step by step so they 
take it very step by step basis and it's important to respect that it's important to realize that they also have their own questions that need to be answered so uh, it's absolutely fine uh, you know we just have to deal with it yeah conversations about money dilshad why is that so important and do you see that happening i'm, I'm here i'm obviously re- referring to between partners married not married doesn't really matter but for two people who are staying under the same roof for them to actually have a conversation about money and be transparent about it as compared to you know what a lot of households i guess still have is the husband gives a certain amount of money to the wife or partner who ever it is your views on that yeah yeah no that's that's very important and we ensure that both the husband and wife are present in our uh, you know goal reviews and portfolio reviews in fact we've had situations which are quite uncomfortable like while we are sitting in office sometimes the uh, a wife might bring up uh, a goal which she finds as important and the husband does not uh, like for example a husband thought that a marriage goal was more important than uh, more pressing than an education goal for their daughter but the wife put her foot down and said no uh, you know we will give this importance and i think at those times it's best to let them uh, argue and find a middle path uh, sometimes if the argument gets heated i just get up from my seat and walk mm-hmm. out and come back after about 10 15 minutes but that is a healthy conversation because it gives uh, respect and uh, due diligence to each of their uh, kind of objectives and priorities and it's important to take these decisions together and frankly these discussions do not happen at home uh, we've realized that you know you you get uh, so caught up in your routine activities you're managing children you're managing your own house you're managing so it becomes very difficult to sit down actually and uh, you know discuss discuss these things so sometimes we've uh, just asked them to come to our office and you know discuss it out and then we take a you know informed decision together so i think that has helped yeah checklist in the sense that shouldn't the partner at least be aware of the financial assets investments liabilities because you don't want any root surprises right what do you think i've had a lot of conversations like this where i've had some pretty nasty incidents that have happened you know we've had two years pretty rough years and some goes to the hospital you just realize wow we don't have medical insurance that's not absolutely so yeah. any thoughts on that No, that's one reason why we ask the lady to be part of these discussions. Um, sometimes they come immediately. Sometimes they take years to join the meeting. But um, it is our responsibility that at every review we mention it in writing, and the planner associated calls and says that you know we are doing this. We would want both of you to be there. One way of uh, ensuring that um, you know the woman actually gets to know the assets is basically in the financial plan we have an action plan sheet which lists down. all the assets that the investor holds uh, and we keep saying that this sheet is so important because it's even the basis of your will and estate planning uh, guide because you've basically listed all your assets we've done an evaluation and this is the starting point of where you create your will so i think you know sometimes women are afraid because earlier before marriage it was their uh, fathers after marriage it is their husbands and some husbands you know really don't want their wives to know everything sometimes so it takes its own time but like i said for married uh, women it's always the i mean married working woman it's always the woman who takes charge of the uh, entire financial planning of the family and uh, it's done in a very methodical very uh, well way uh, it's the category of the homemakers that still needs some uh, help uh, on that front yeah really there i'm assuming the things are better than what they used to be say 10 20 years ago when they were of not course. even part of the entire yeah, process yeah. okay dilshad for every advisor the risk profiling process of on 
onboarding a client is very important talk to us about that yeah that's i think one of the most crucial aspects at onboarding for us because i mean um, uh, you know the uh, mentality of people becomes very different in different market conditions right so if the markets are doing very well everyone says hey yeah i'm ready to take that risk and you know the moment mm. things start falling they open eyes and you know open mouths more and speak to us about their unhappiness but um, so we do a very different risk profiling which is called a psychometric risk profiling and uh, this has both qualitative and quantitative aspects attached to it and i think the important aspect here is uh, identifying personality types and personality types will give differing answers in differing situations for example if the markets are uh, you know very doing very well and aggressive and everything is doing very well uh, they automatically tend to answer in a way where they are ready to take more risk but when you do the same risk profiling exercise and this is an important point because an annual risk profiling is typically what we would recommend because of various factors so uh, when they do the same risk profiling say a year later when the markets have changed you know there's a very different number number of risk profile that they get which might move right from aggressive to conservative which is a very very big you know difference so i think understanding that the personality types who are tending to give differing uh, views and answers i think for them the risk profiling exercise is more important and personality type psychometric risk profile so for example there are some risk profiling kind of questionnaires which are not very in depth we've done a lot of study and we've come to find, you know we worked with another company and we got a you know us perspective on this in fact and we've got in fact even as part of our aria board we did uh, with the suitable advice institute risk profiling frequency a paper now what we came to realize that risk profiling needs to be done of course at onboarding also at the time of any transitions in life and at the time of you know market changes or important events like the birth of a child or a marriage etc these would differ i mean these would give differing views on the risk and of this as well there is risk capacity risk tolerance and risk required right so a good risk profile uh, questionnaire would cover all these aspects and therefore you're able to uh, why do we do risk profiling we are trying to help the customer understand that hey for the goals that you've set this is important for you to realize that from your risk profile we draw down the asset allocation and then we further draw down the portfolio mm. and then in the portfolio we further draw down the selection right so it's very very important uh, at the time of risk profiling in fact we've had some um, very young do it yourself investors who mm-hmm. feel that they don't need to do risk profiling or who you know take the free risk profilers that are off the net it doesn't work Okay folks we'll just talk about transitioning and the very first part of advisor perspectives was with Lovai and you might want to just listen into that of course if you're a club paisa paisa subscriber you get full archive access i don't know if that's there in the archive or not but subscribe to club paisa so that's what i'm saying we'll just let's try and make this a little bit more practical okay because some of this was slightly heavy duty i might understand and you might understand what happens when risk profiling goes wrong see because risk profile is meant to translate a person's goals into certain assets or investments okay yeah when does this go completely haywire someone who thinks that he's very aggressive lands up putting in say equities and the market goes for a toss and suddenly he's become something different yes okay can you give us some examples of when this goes wrong how that can affect you well uh, it could have very bad uh, kind of uh, discussions 
or wrong discussions uh, which can turn sour between the client and us and from experience we've learned that uh, it's important that we sign off on the risk profile and we try and do the risk profile like i said every year because if a client has been you know it's like it's very uh, complex because you know human behavior is so complex when a client comes to us they say don't worry i will use this money and i will not touch it for the next 5 years and i will not touch it for the next 7 years the same client when the markets are down comes back and says what's happening right and and we have explained in fact the onboarding stage is the most crucial for a new prospect or a client because that's when you need to explain the importance of volatility you need to mention which are those periods when you are tending to get positive return obviously the longer you hold the chance of volatility reduces and you know so we have a detailed uh, presentation on this as well at the time of onboarding now if that is misunderstood or that is forgotten people tend to forget things right only if something is wrong they mm. pick on you so uh, if that is for gotten then that's when you need to you know have uh, important conversations another time to have these conversations is when the market is not doing well because that's when you as an organization need to reach out to your uh, clients and tell them why this is happening see every kind of how the portfolio is performing or how certain things are happening has a reasoning and a rational it's all about communicating this very well to your clients so that they are able to understand where you know uh, the markets are where the macros are where the micros are and what in in all this what is their customization that we are doing for them mm. if that is communicated well and understood by the clients i think you have a long term relationship so yeah that's you know, what you what i mean let's talk about right now because the the nifty's given us some 4 5% last year yeah. small middies are even down even more yeah. and some portfolios are actually in loss yeah. what's the kind of conversation you're having now because when i talk to people for example oh fd is done so much better and that's guaranteed return i'm getting 7 8% and i got this percent what do you yeah. say now as an yeah. advisor so very importantly you need to draw out actual numbers and show the graphs to the client what in uh, for example what is large cap perform what is mid cap perform what is small cap perform uh, what is gold perform you know and what are these various asset classes in the benchmark category what have they given to the market uh, you know and therefore for the client's portfolio here is where you can give the importance of asset allocation because even though last year has been flat or negative when it comes to nifty mid mid has been negative small mm. has been negative you are here able to tell the client look because even because of that you're still you're still able to earn positive returns on your portfolio and this is the advisor alpha that we are trying to uh, you know bring to the table another thing where we find a, a big challenge is implementation of our recommendations now very often during a review if we have made recommendations we've got at least 5% of our clients who are not able to take decisions <laughs> Okay. They just why? sit on it. They just sit on it, and um, you know, sometimes trust, trust thing. I mean, why would no? It? There are the that's the personality type. It has huh. nothing to do with trust. Okay. In fact, two very recent cases where I was in the meeting and uh, the client has understood everything very well. The uh, rationale was explained. The uh, objective was explained, and when the operations person connected with the client, complete silence. I will come back. or my son is uh, needing to take the decision with me or um, you know no response at all complete silence now this is again a challenge because at the time of the next review he's going to come back and say well, why is it still so bad 
right? The so mistake is his. Now we obviously can't say that in so much, uh, you yeah. know, but we try and document this, and we try and even go to the extent of saying if you implemented what we had suggested six months back, you your returns would have been this because of delay. This is what you are standing at today. uh and that's the most we can do right so the important part is at least we are doing our job and telling the client look we've done this we've documented it but please uh you know now beyond this we can't do anything folks if you have an advisor please listen to him or her and if there is a problem then please talk with them but we're going to take a small break here on the other side we're going to talk about the specific stuff like early retirement retirement planning and a lot more right after the short break and welcome back mulchad let's talk about early retirement this entire thing that i think happened somewhere in the lockdown a few years ago in the us it just became this whole fad and financially independent retire early movement and stuff like that i i i kind of have a general idea about it i've done a few episodes on that but your view right i mean i like that on your website it says that financial freedom is to be able to do what one wants in life okay let's talk about that for a while So coming to your first point on um, early retirement see there are two kinds of early retirement one is especially what we saw during covid um, when you know people were about 5 years away from their retirement uh, start date and said can you do the workings on a drawing board and tell us that can be taken early retirement now instead of 5 years later Now for those people I think it's a fantastic thing to do because 5 years is not going to make of course power of compounding helps but it's not going to make such a drastic difference and we've been able to do the calculations and say yes please go ahead you know we can uh, do your early retirement uh, planning and again a point to note here at retirement you there are there's a completely different retirement distribution strategy that you need to work with in terms of uh, you know how long will the corpus last and those sort of things uh but the other end of the spectrum is when the youngsters mm. who are 35 who say that we want to retire at 40 right um is it 35 or 25 <laughs> i need to ask that <laughs> right so uh whatever but uh <laughs> okay. that is a um you know a combination of ignorance and danger put together which could uh you know sometimes lead to uh, of course most often lead to the wrong uh, decision so here what we try and do is best way of tackling this is to actually show them the numbers and what we try and under, uh, first of all understand is what are your expenses today there itself there's a blank face uh not many at the age of uh, 25 and 30 are actually even documenting their expenses okay second is um what are your current investments and savings again very vague answers there's no clear cut uh, understanding of where and how much and what assets they have invested in third we ask them do you know what is longevity risk and again it's a very blank face okay so um and then we ask them okay so where have you invested have you got some amounts in equities and they say no you know my uh, father bought me some insurance policies and then i've done something in fds and then i have my pf and and you know then when we really work the numbers for them we show them that because of your underestimation of expenses you know your uh, lack of understanding of how much corpus you would require the problem about longevity which means that today 
because of medical advances you're able to you know live till 85 90 and if you're retiring at 30 or 35 <laughs> you have a very <laughs> long period okay and then the uncertainty increases the risk increases so these are the things that we try and explain and give them an understanding about and some understand some just break away because you know sometimes they get scared with that large figure <laughs> but um, at least we have done the financial literacy of saying that this is what you know you need to do and this is how you need to plan for it so yeah it's yeah. it's interesting <laughs> folks underestimating income fir bhi theek hai bhai please don't underestimate expenses <laughs> expenses never go away in life okay they are there right till then let us you give me a nice opening into my next question help us through retirement planning you know some just some general concepts overall because there is you know there is a whole technical side corpus accumulation corpus distribution mm. but just maybe just simplify that for us like if someone is 25 or 35 whatever right now mm. and he's like sitting seriously and saying that i want to plan for my retirement what broadly what mm. should he be prepared for yeah so like you rightly said there are two broad phases the accumulation phase and the distribution phase now in the accumulation it's nothing but saying that today i am at 25 30 35 40 and i need to plan for my savings for creating a retirement corpus what is a retirement corpus we basically take your current expenses uh, and it's important to be accurate on that front and you know extrapolate that to the start of retirement and further extrapolate uh, based on your longevity or mortality what would be that you know corpus that you would require to sustain you for your uh, life expectancy so that retirement corpus sometimes is a very scary figure but it's important to understand and realize that uh, you know this is the amount and the second important uh, uh, you know thing to know about here is what are my current investments and savings that i have accumulated that and therefore what is the gap that i need to you know plan for to meet my retirement goal so i think these are the broad numbers and figures that you need to be aware of when it comes to uh, retirement planning and um, choosing the right asset class and you know being aware of what your expenses are being aware of interest rate inflation rate before retirement post retirement these are the points that you need to remember while uh, creating a retirement yeah, you spoke about the scary part that actually is a real thing right because a lot of conversations that i have that i can see happening these days are people plug in the numbers and they're like bhai waise bhi nahi pahunchne wala hai and even if i have to then what am i living on i'm supposed to be saving 99% and how do you tackle i mean what would be your advice be out here yeah so that's that's a very relevant question so that's where we try and drive the point that hey start early the more you are able to accumulate and create as your investment and wealth creation corpus the better it is uh, so sometimes when youngsters approach us for a financial plan you know we give them the reality that there is no assets for you for us to plan for so don't create a financial plan rather just start your investment journey and uh, once you have accumulated a sufficient set of assets then we can you know create uh, i mean then we can plan for your finances yeah but it's important to you know realize that and work towards it yeah, yeah focus on that folks um, it is achievable can yes, i say that it, very much. it is very ach- achievable um it, there are just two ways to do this dilshad one is obviously reduce expenditure and second is increase income and third is obviously both so or increase savings uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the ideal situation opposes to increase income and increase savings, which yeah. means reduce expenditure. 
Um, which brings me to my last question, Dilshad. Financial advice. Because people just go around asking anything to anyone these days and there are all kinds of stuff out there. Just, I think yesterday, I think the government or somebody's come out with regulations for influencers to do, you know, for some certain guidelines. But what are the questions that people need to keep in mind before taking advice seriously or not seriously? Why are you advice and advice? And what are the questions that you should be asking rather than just going for kya lagta hai? You know, what are the five mm. best talks? Tell me about that. Let's talk a little bit about this whole financial advice thing and how mm. it's changed. I mean, 20 years ago was different. Now, everything is online and everything is free. How do you deal with that? So, uh, very interestingly, we have uh, this uh, kind of advice-seeking requirement from coming from two spectrums. One is, you know, very informed investors who have been investing over years who have taken, you know, decisions on various and, and built a very strong portfolio and they are coming for a second opinion. Okay. So, uh, they would like and uh, further, if you were to make that a little complex, they might have a family abroad and they might, uh, you know, want to plan for uh, their uh, cross-border kind of investments and uh, taxation, etc. So, I think uh, that is like a, you know, like you go to a doctor for a second opinion. So, there we have a completely different uh, kind of analysis and planning. Now, the other uh, end is, you know, India, everything free free. Mm. So, mm-hmm. everyone wants uh, free advice and no cost, low cost, you know, those kind of things do well. So, what we do here is that we have a free counseling session for 30 minutes. Okay. And we just, it's like a make aware session, right? What is your current investments? What do you, you ask us anything, we will be able to help you. So, very often people come and saying, hey, you know, I've uh, invested in these funds. So we ask them, why have you invested in these? You know, my office, other people are doing it, so I'm also doing it. Okay, then I've got some EPF or I've got... So the problem is they think that they are making the right decisions, but they are far away from what is right. You know, I think they just need that little push or a counseling to know that, you know, I do need someone professional to do this. If what they have done till now has worked, they might still have that ego and not take the step. But if it has not worked, they worked, they do realize that and then they take the next step of saying, you know, yes, I do need someone professional who is going to do this for me. So, again, it's very, very different, very differing views. But uh, these are the two spectrums that we've seen uh, when it comes to second advice. Yeah. Sure. Okay, Dilshad, last question. What, you know, stuff that you like? Any book that you're reading or any movie that you're watching, stuff that you like? Oh, well, uh, just reading Psychology of Money, a little late in life, but yeah, a fantastic book to read. I would suggest that everyone reads this. Morgan uh, Ozil, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. A uh, lot of interesting perspectives on how behavior has an impact, how various uh, time periods uh, across the wars, etc. have impacted families and, you know, decision making and uh, behavior towards money. Very interesting book. I also like the movie In Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, um, Will Smith. Yeah, Lovely. I mean, it's fantastic. I've I've watched it at least three, four times. Family has also watched it and we all are, uh, you know, it's one of my favorites. He's a Morgan so. Stanley employee. I mean, it's so linked to to wow. investing and watching <laughs> stuff like that. Right? Because then, come on, I mean, his yeah. his transformation in the movie, it's yeah. just really something yeah. very inspiring. And folks, I'm going to plug Club Pesa Pesa again because four years ago in Jan 2023, Morgan House, Jan 2019, sorry, Morgan Housel was on Pesa Pesa. So that episode again is 
in the archives if you're a club person person you can just access it whenever you want so dilchad wow. that's it yeah i mean mm-hmm. it's like a very long time I'd ago i'd love to hear that <laughs> yeah yeah he was uh, i it was just it was hilarious the way it happened he morgan put out a tweet saying he's coming to india he had some event to go to and all that and i i just said come and record i knew that he will never reply okay and mera kya jata hai he'll say he'll ignore suddenly you know the kind people of twitter kind of pushed him on saying no you should record and we we went all the way to taj in south bombay and we recorded and i've actually met him so that's a great thing wow yeah, you know, lucky you <laughs> yeah 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 phenomenal episode man morgan if you're listening please come back to india a lot of people here would like to see you it's the Definitely. largest selling book in india on personal finance yeah. any which way so folks that is it that is a wrap on this episode of paisa waisa my guest dilchar bilimoria who runs dilder consultants in bangalore a sebi registered investment advisory firm dilchar really Thank you for taking the time coming to the studio and doing this. I hope to catch up with you in Bangalore but really thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Definitely one last takeaway. Oh yeah, please. I think it's important to you know be financially fit and health fit also. Ah. So I think uh, you know we I do a lot of strengthening, I do a lot of running and I think that's important to translate into your life uh, in finances because it brings about a lot of discipline, lot of consistency. So hey in the new year you guys if you've not done any thing this is the time to start how about that folks you know it's like someone said the best health insurance is a fit and healthy body it's a great great Absolutely. advice you've given dilchat thank you so much thank you thank you for having me and listeners thank you so much for listening to this episode of paisa waisa if you like this podcast don't forget to subscribe to club paisa waisa go to www.club.ivmpodcast.com/paisa waisa and get your membership today in 699 introductory offer you get full archive access you get ad free experience you get host insights and a whole lot more you can also check out our youtube channel where you can enjoy video clips from our episodes you can also check out other interesting podcast on ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are ivm podcast on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to me folks i am your host anupam gupta b50 on twitter and thank you really thank you so much for listening to paisa waisa